This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. As Black Friday and Cyber Monday approach, what steps should financial institutions be taking to ensure their customers and members are shopping safely, whether online or in the store? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Mark LaBelle, a member of the Information Systems Audit and Control Association's External Relations Committee. Mark, ISACA is an independent, nonprofit global association that reviews the use of globally accepted knowledge and practices for information systems. Now, ISACA recently conducted a survey about online shopping. Could you give a little background about the survey, explaining how the survey is conducted, how often it's conducted, and what types of individuals are included in the results? Sure, can do, Tracy, and thank you so much for having me today. Um, there were two surveys that we included in this. The first one is the third annual Shopping on the Job, ISACA's online holiday shopping and workplace internet safety survey. It's done through online polling and was done uh, September 27th through October 10th, and there are 2,853 U.S. consumers who responded. And the separate but related survey that also is bundled in here was conducted by ISACA, again, between uh, the 27th of September and October 4th. It's got 3,307 ISACA members from North, South, Central America, Europe, Asia, and Oceania. And uh, the U.S. findings, which we're looking at here, really based on 837 ISACA member responses. So we've got a really very powerful base of data to do the analysis on. Now, could you provide our audience with some key findings from the survey? Sure. Three of them that uh, jumped to the top of my head. First, 32% of the ISAC IT professionals on the holiday online shopping survey said that uh, it'll cost about $15,000 per employee in productivity costs. So that really I think, translates to an impact to business and something for companies to consider and be cognizant of. Second major point, uh, employees are going to spend... Uh, we estimate about six hours shopping from a work computer or device as compared to 14 hours in 2009. So that number is going to be down a little bit. And then the third major point that we saw, 20% of employees will spend nine hours or more shopping from a work computer or a mobile device this holiday season. So I think some of the things to identify there are, A, people are going to shop from their work computer, or B, people are going to do shopping from their mobile device you know, there's kind of a two sides of this. Yes, and it's all about the risk that's associated with those behaviors, as the survey results rightly point out. Can you tell us what you deem to be some of the so-called riskiest online shopping behaviors, behaviors that open companies and consumers to phishing threats? There were three risky online work behaviors that we saw. The first one was clicking on an email link to access a shopping site, and 52% of the respondents say they've done that. The third are kind of two sides of a coin. One, they used a personal computer or smartphone for business use. That's 52% of respondents. And two, they accessed a social networking site for personal use. So it's kind of the flip of using personal stuff for business and then using business stuff for personal. And those three major risky behaviors of clicking on links, using business for personal, using personal for business, are some of the things that came out of the survey. Now, according to ISACA's recent survey, risky online behavior actually increased in 2010. How can businesses do a better job of educating their employees about the threats of shopping online? 
there are at least two steps that we see companies should be doing. First, we think they need to have monitoring controls in place to be protecting their information, which those are monitoring, monitoring controls that they should have in place anyway around. But more importantly, education. It's embraced, extend. If people know what the right things are to do, the majority of people are going to do those right things. But if you don't have that education, if you don't have that security awareness, and you look at some of the ISACA publications released recently that talk about some of this education awareness and security awareness training and processes, that's where people will do things that they don't know, don't understand, that create that risk to the organizations. Now, we've been focusing a lot on businesses and employees working within businesses, but what steps can and should financial institutions take when it comes to educating consumers about shopping online, whether that be through a home PC or via a mobile device? And I think it builds off what we said of the education. I think there's very specific steps. There's some regulatory steps that financial institutions already have to take, but I think there's additional education that they should be doing at direct-to-consumer education, as well as setting metrics for what they expect and tracking those behaviors. So doing it in a very thoughtful, planned fashion, what behaviors do you hope and target that your consumers, that your customers will show? What behaviors do they currently show? And how do you do a set of you know, marketing pieces and communication pieces to guide consumers to less risky, more secure behaviors? It's about the metrics. And what about educating merchant and commercial customers? How can financial institutions educate those customers about the threats of online shopping? Or what can they do to make their online shopping environments, should they be merchants that provide online environments, more secure? Well, I think for merchants and especially around online shopping. First of all, I think there are some industry standards, including the payment card industry data security standard. And, you know, based on your role in that economic value chain of the online sales cycle, whether you have to comply or not or to what level you have to, I think looking at that standard, looking at the OWASP at web application security standards and their top ten risks, as well as the additional ones that they identify, looking at the standards, understanding what those risks are out there, what controls they should put in place. And then, again, back metrics, tracking, and monitoring are kind of three steps. So look at one of the types of standards, implement those standards, and track them and monitor using metrics. Now, Mark, I want to ask you about the coming year. Do you expect 2011 to pose new challenges and threats as we see the mobile channel emerge as one of the more often used channels to access the Internet for browsing, shopping, as well as online banking? Absolutely. Definitely we see increased risks as the mobile channel becomes a primary channel for many people to access online shopping and do online transactions in general. Um, as new technologies come out, the security tends to follow, and sometimes very quickly, sometimes not as quickly as we would hope. And for some mobile technologies, there are really strong security controls and security infrastructures. For others, they're not quite as robust yet, and they're developing third-party products are being created. So it's really looking forward and, you know, understanding those risks, as we say, and defining what behaviors we want and looking at the technologies and saying, how mature is the technology that I'm using? 
what are my consumers going to use, and how do I put maybe compensating controls in place for those less mature technologies? What do I allow? What do I not allow? But as new technologies come out, we address the security risks over time. It's understanding those risks that really help protect financial institutions. And Mark, in closing, what final thoughts can you provide our audience about phishing trends and the growing threats posed by malware such as Zeus? The world always continues to become a more complicated and more risky place, and that's okay. With risk comes benefit, right? It's, it's the risk-reward trade-off. As we take risk, there is reward. You know, I, I wouldn't go back to a world where uh, we didn't have these technologies. It makes life better. It makes it easier, but it makes it riskier as well. So how do we use these technologies? How do we leverage them and manage the risks of phishing? How do we manage the risks associated with you know, theft of identity? How do we manage the technology risk? of some unbelievably sophisticated malware. And I'd even expand the definition of there's malware that leads to online theft and online crime. And then there's what we're broadly being called advanced persistent threat that even takes it into the realm of intellectual property theft and nation-state espionage and attacks against individuals by government. So it's a very different world out there, but on the whole, having the technology and leveraging these things absolutely make our life better. So how do we use them wisely? How do we protect ourselves? That's our constant ongoing challenge. And again, it's about leveraging frameworks for companies. It's about leveraging standards. And it's about educating the consumers of the right ways to use these new technologies, manage the risk, and get the benefits. Mark, I want to thank you again for your time today. Tracy, thank you so much. Again, we've just heard from Mark LaBelle, a member of ISACA's External Relations Committee. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kim. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.